Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast and back with us because he was last with me almost two years ago, Sandra Wickramasinga. He's a Ph.D. director of the Center for Astrobiology at the University of Buckingham, so we're going live to the United Kingdom. His latest work is called The Cosmic Ancestry in the Stars. Sandra, welcome back. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. Nice nice getting back to you. What's going on in the cosmos these days? Oh, a lot. I think they're discovering new planets, planets with water on them, uh, asteroids hurtling past the Earth, and so on. So there's a lot happening. You know, they keep talking about asteroids out there, and a lot of times, Doctor, they will spot them after they've passed the planet. What are the possibilities we're going to get hit by a pretty good-sized one? Well, I hope I hope it doesn't hit us in the near future, it's bound to do that in some distant moment in time. Uh, but I think it's going to be at least a few hundred years before an asteroid might strike us. Uh, but uh, not so long ago, there was a small asteroid that hurtled past the Earth at a distance of about 10 times the distance to the moon. Uh, this was only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then uh, there, there are lots of things happening, new planets discovered, water on those planets being discovered, and so on. So there's, uh, it's a hive of ac- astronomy and space science is a hive of activity. You came out with a remarkable proposal years ago that said that there's dust in the universe, but that it was full of organic molecule- molecules. What did, your, what did your colleagues say about that? Well, at the time that we first proposed it, they thought we were nuts. Uh, it was heavily refuted. Uh, people even like Carl Sagan and his team said that this is impossible because organic molecules are so fragile that they wouldn't last in deep space. But uh, as it turned out, we were right. Uh, within a few years, within at least three or four years, the discovery was confirmed in very many different ways. And so now we know that the galaxy is just chock-a-block with organic molecules, organic dust. Now, not to knock religion by any means, because I still think there's some kind of creation behind all of this genius out there. Yes, certainly, yeah. I, I would agree with you, yeah. In your opinion, how did life start here on good old planet Earth? Well, I think we know that um, to, to a fair degree of certainty now. Uh, when I first started working on these matters, which is sort of three or four decades ago, the belief was that the first evidence, the oldest evidence of life on Earth, was at something like 3,500 million years ago. That's a long time ago, but it was supposed to be about a billion years after the Earth itself had formed into a planet. And so astronomers and scientists and biologists and so so all these people were hopeful that within a billion years, some kind of primordial soup would uh, develop on the Earth and chemistry would achieve the transition from no life to life. But that hope has all but vanished now because we know that the the very, very oldest evidence of microbial life, microscopic life on the Earth, is at the very first moment, absolutely the first moment, that such life can survive. 
these have been discovered in the form of little traces, fossils, microscopic fossils, in rocks that were formed at this time, and they're exposed in certain parts of the world. In Australia, for instance, there have been rocks that uh, turned up 4.1 billion years old, 4.2 billion years old maybe even, with signs, unambiguous signs of microscopic life. So the, the, the conclusion I think one has to come to is that this life was not generated on the Earth. It didn't, there was no primordial soup on the Earth at this time. The Earth was far too hot. Uh, it was just a cauldron of uh, boiling material, lava, and so on. And into that, comets uh, came and uh, deposited the, the first simple life forms, uh, which were essentially bacteria, single-celled bacteria. So that's how it started. So it essentially puts back the beginnings of life to a location that is very, very far away and much, much bigger than the Earth, the universe itself. And I think there we have a much bigger, better chance of uh, the step from no life to life. I think it's an incredibly improbable transition. If you think of the, the, the kind of information that is needed to put life together, it is mind-blowing. It's sort of what we have described as being super astronomical. I think my colleague, uh, my late colleague, Sir Fred Hoyle, and I described it as uh, very similar to a tornado blowing through a junkyard. Mm -hmm. I mean, tornadoes often in the United States. Just imagine all the rubble in a, in, in a pile of junk sort of swirled around by a tornado and just putting together a brand new working Boeing 747 or <laughs> one of these modern airplanes. It's just incredibly, incredibly improbable. So I think one has to regard the first origin of life as being pretty close to being a miracle. Yes. But certainly did not happen here on the earth. There's no way in which it happened on the earth. And, um, and can this I think miracle. All the evidence now is that it did not. Can this miracle happen on other planets that have water and they're close enough to their sun where it's not too hot and not too cold? Yeah, the, any planet that is close, not close enough to the sun or too close to the sun to have water uh, and the right conditions, uh, in what they call the Goldilocks zone of these mm -hmm. uh, exoplanets, uh, you could have the same process by which uh, life started on the Earth, and it didn't happen in situ on those planets. It couldn't have happened again for the same reasons of improbability. The, the, uh, the beginnings of life has to be regarded as a cosmic miracle, as a cosmic event. And once it happened at some very distant time in the cosmological past, and here is a, uh, an opportunity for the miracle to be a sort of religious even miracle type of a God-created miracle. Uh, one cannot rule that out. But it has to happen not on the scale of a single little planet like Earth or one of these uh, many, many exoplanets that have been discovered, but it has to happen on a cosmological, on a universal scale. So creation of life in all its multifaceted forms has to be in the void. Has to happen on a cosmic scale. What about luck? Because they say, for example, 
had the asteroid not struck 63 million years ago, killing the dinosaurs, we never would have evolved and we would not have been here. Do you agree with that? Well, I think that's certainly true. I think luck has uh, played a big role in bringing the little bits and pieces together, that uh, the genetic bits that uh, uh, were strung together into humans. It has luck has played a role in uh, in the case of the dinosaurs and knocking out the dinosaurs and removing the dinosaurs and allow, allowing small mammals to uh, fill the the major niches of the earth. Uh, so. If not for the extinction, or if not for that comet that hit 65 million years ago, I think we would still be having dinosaurs, and yeah. uh, human beings would not have had a chance to emerge. Even if the information, the genes, the DNA that was responsible for leading to humans might have been arriving in the form of comet dust and so forth, uh, the actual emergence, the arrival of Homo sapiens would not have been permitted because of the uh, the bigger predators that would have uh, prevented this. Well, Doctor, it's very possible that there could be planets teeming with life, but they may have all fish or land-based creatures and no humans. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the the amount of life that develops, the types of life that develop on any given planet outside the Earth depends on conditions, on the local conditions. If, there, for instance, if a planet has no water, no atmosphere and only watery environments, huge oceans, then you wouldn't expect to have uh, land animals, obviously. That's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, uh, that's quite clear. Uh, so it depends what, what takes root on any given planet depends on the conditions, the local conditions that prevail there. Uh, so it is uh, uh, it is mu- very much constrained by what is available on any given planet. We know, of course, now from the recent studies of exoplanets, and incidentally, the first discovery of an exoplanet in 1995 uh, has been rewarded this year. Uh, Quelos and Mayer have been given the Nobel Prize or shared a Nobel Prize for the very first discovery of a what they call an exoplanet. Uh, and since then, of course, since the Quelos mayor discovery, there have been the, the, at least, I think, several thousand exoplanets that have been uh, discovered. Uh, and many, many of these are probably habitable. In, they are in the Goldilocks zone. Is, and the current, uh, present estimate is really interesting because we have uh, 100 billion stars in the galaxy, like the sun, and we have about 100 billion. The estimate is that there are 100 billion Earth-like exoplanets in our Milky Way system, in our galaxy. So planets that can support life are really quite uh, widespread in, in our galaxy, in our universe. How possible is it, Doctor, that given the right conditions on a planet, that this chemical of life through this primordial soup will eventually all end up the same? I mean, it's like if you have 100 tomato seeds and you plant them in 100 different places, you're going to still get tomato plants. 
I think so. I, th- I mean, I think I'm, as I t- told you, I don't believe that the prim- primordial soup is a local event. Right. right? Uh, if you think of a primordial soup story that goes back to Aristotle in the third century BC, he was the guy who essentially started this whole story of the primordial soup, which incidentally, primordial soup on a planet is, is, a, is a total myth. There's no evidence for it. So the primordial soup has to be a cosmic primordial soup, a cosmological primordial soup. Everywhere. The whole universe. And once life has started, in every possible facet of life would have been uh, essentially set in train at some very, very distant time, cosmological time in the past. So when planets uh, like the Earth form, they are rained upon by all the bits and pieces that can get together, the genes, the genetic units, which are, I think, in the form of bacteria and viruses, they fall in onto these planets in comet dust and meteorite dust and so forth, and they essentially uh, fit together like a jigsaw puzzle to form the different types of life. So if the bits are the same, if the units are the same, then the... the types of life, and the range of different life forms one gets, uh, have, has to be very similar from one planet to another. What I think one has to regard the whole galaxy, certainly, and perhaps the whole universe, is as a single connected biosphere. We are used to thinking of a biosphere that is Earth-based. We think that the, the the Earth itself is a closed system, and that's not going to be the correct perspective uh, in the fullness of time. The Earth is an open system, uh, receiving material, biological material, from very, very distant places in the universe. And so the whole universe is one connected biosphere. The, the connection also follows because we know that the solar system, connection of us, to the rest of the cosmic biology is uh, ensured because our solar system, which includes the Earth, there's a huge circuit around the center of the galaxy, and this circuit takes 240 million years to complete. To do one loop around the center of the galaxy takes 240 million years, and in that course of time, in that time scale, uh, the Earth, the planets on the Earth and everywhere uh, in our solar system is exposed to the huge legacy of cosmic life that is distributed throughout the, the, the galaxy, throughout our Milky Way. So in this way, the, the, the galaxy, our Milky Way, becomes a, a thoroughly mixed system, a connected biosphere. And uh, so it's, uh, I think it's inevitable that uh, if creatures develop on other planets that are very, very similar to the Earth, then we would have uh, similar, generally similar life forms, maybe even humans. I, I think so, too. What about the possibility, Doctor, of multiverses, and we have this happening everywhere, other universes as well? entirely likely, and I, think it, I personally think it's highly probable, because what is regarded as conven- conventional wisdom in cosmology, which is the study of how the universe itself began, the conventional wisdom is that it all started with a Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago. 
Now, you've got to realize that 13.8 billion years ago is scarcely three times the age of the Earth, right? That's right. It's, it's, That's right. it's, not, a, it's not much of the universe itself on this standard, so-called standard model. is not much older than the Earth, three times, three or four times older than the, older than the Earth. And um, uh, the, the multiverse idea is gaining a lot of uh, credence now because... Uh, the standard Big Bang, which says that everything started 13.8 billion years ago, is beginning to look a bit shaky. There are areas of astronomy, areas of cosmology, that are yielding results that really are very difficult to reconcile with a single Big Bang event. Uh, and so the, the idea that there are many, many universes, that there are universes that... Uh, were around before the Big Bang, and so on. This is still a strong possibility. I want to. I think we should also remember that at every moment in human history, we've thought that we had the final answer to how the world began, and every time we've turned out to be wrong. Now, there's no guarantee. There's no obvious reason why we should be right this time, even though our technology is much better. We have much better. Uh, views about uh, uh, physics and better telescopes and so on. Uh, it could be just a, uh, a transition towards uh, a different point of view that would emerge maybe in 10, 20, or 100 years. It's dramatic what's happening out there in space, to be sure. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.